You couldn't see it, but I mean, he was definitely saying space for a long time there. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to leave that empty space there so people freak out during the episode. Yeah. This is episode number 14, is it? Yep, 14. Looking at episode number four of season two of The Expanse. Nice. And what an episode it is, folks. So much going on, so much to talk about. I almost don't want to do the episode because I know the editing is going to be a bitch on this one. (laughs) It's going to go on. It is what it is. Be real surprised. (laughs) So this episode covers a few different things. There's a lot of big reveals and a lot of... Some would say the biggest reveal. Kind of. Honestly, I think you're you're going to see how big of real that really isn't, though. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like it it, it feels... That's the thing, like, every episode, like, at a certain point, like, it's just every episode kind of builds on the fact of how little we know, which is another great allegorical element of the show. It's like, it's just constantly, like, slapping slapping humanity in the face with how fucking little it really knows. And while you're all caught up in your pesky fucking tribal warfare bullshit... Mm-hmm. the universe will go on without you. Right. And the proto-molecule in this series, like, I mean, it is just, it's just that. It is the universe moving on without you. It's like, there's always, like, like living is a bigger threat than fucking war. Yeah. But we're so, we're so invested in the war that we never see the living going on around us. Yeah, it seemed to be a common theme in this episode. Yeah. So, I, I don't remember exactly where it starts, but... I, I, I think it starts with they call Holden into the meeting and Miller's hanging out there with... Uh, well, the episode starts up with uh, Avasarala sending a ship to the uh, to the derelict uh, stealth ship to go investigate. Oh, so it does start there. Okay. So Avasarala realizes that the head of the UN is in, involved with uh, Protogen. And she's, I feel like she's kind of getting tired of being as sneaky as she's having to be. Yeah, she's a little bit sick of the, oh, I'm going to beat around the bush and see if I can get one of these guys to trip up. Yeah, and so her, her new motion becomes, all right, let's force them to have to come open in some respect. Yeah. And so what she does is she's like, well, you know, this ship that is out here and we can definitely trace to them yep. is in a place where no one's going to find it. So here's what we're going to fucking do. We're going to put it somewhere where someone will find it. Right. Which then outs, it then means they have something to answer for. Yeah. Or as she says, it won't be a secret anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. Because once it's out in the open, then she can ask the questions openly. Like right now, she's got to kind of hunt for the answers. Yeah. Whereas she gets exactly what she wants from this. Once it's out in the open, she then ha- gets to call the head of the UN and say, what the fuck's going on here? Why, you know, w- what are we doing? Now, she already had because she got the information from... Uh, yeah, she she got the information from Fred Johnson that she can't talk about with anybody. But now it's kind of all fair game because all the stuff that she got from the hem is now open. Yeah, and so she gets both Chairman Chairman Mao. <laughs> Uh, did you do you do you notice that like does, do you think that that was like a for sure thing like a guy who's literally holding the fate of humanity in his hands his mouth <laughs> and he is a uh you know the owner of a 
rather large company <laughs> that has no problem butchering humanity. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Like, so Protogen, he's like, they get him in the office, and he's like, well, look, I mean, it's like a third of a percent of like what I own. Like, I, I, I yeah, it's like the day to day operations are held by executives, and they have full autonomy. I don't know what they're doing. And so they're it's him, the UN, the UN head, and her in a room. Aaron Wright, that's what it is, right? Finally, you'll remember it. Yeah, Aaron Wright. Yeah, and she's kind of trying to get to the bottom of it, and and he says that, and and he's like, well, you know, we leave him autonomous basically until they get out of budget. Yeah. And and this is one of the funniest fucking lines in the movie is she's like, wait a minute. So you mean they've got full autonomy and managed to manage all this modern technology and starting a war and they don't even bother to go over budget? We got to get these people for us here in the UN. Right. Like she's kind of making a joke about it. But from our standpoint, there is a certain amount of... Uh, kind of proves our point like from the the ANCAP perspective it's like well yeah your government can do it and private companies can do it and almost always the profit motive yeah means it incentivizes people to do whatever the task is yeah and so much more quicker efficient less chance for waste fraud and abuse you know well and the thing is is that the the fact that that's a, written as a joke yeah it, it, I mean it, it proves the point that in our heart of hearts we all know that it's the truth government fucking wastes money right doesn't matter the task. Bare minimum wastes. <laughs> yeah, they will. There's so much else that goes with that. <laughs> yeah. So that part really fucking amused me. The follow-up to that is you have a private phone call between Aaron Wright and Mao. Yeah. There's another good throwaway line there that came from this conversation. Which which one's that? Oh, where uh, Mao basically tells Aaron Wright, he was like, he was like, no, I get it. Uh, you're, you know, top dog in a sea of idiots. You know? Yeah. Okay. That was that one. <laughs> yeah. But, but at which point he, he lets him know, he's like, look, you're only useful to me as long as like there's something you offer. Now that you're trying to protect your job. Yeah. I'll let you get back to it. You're yeah. not, you, yeah, you're not useful to me anymore. So I need to find a way to continue on with my work and be useful. And I think that that actually more accurately presents exactly what the government does. Cause I think that other than like uh, some, like it's weird. Cause I, I, I think there is actually a strange divide in ANCAPs where they, I'll place Tom Woods in this category. They really overlook a lot of the bullshit and the atrocities that private entities utilize government for. Yeah. Like he, he Tom definitely goes to bat for large companies in a way that kind of disgusts me. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is, is those large companies just would not exist minus regulatory capture. Yeah. Like, and the, and this is exactly the point is like, we see where the power is. It's not in government. Like, the government has the, has is the tool utilized by the powerful. Yeah. And I think too often ANCAPs like to think of like government as the problem and government's a problem insofar as it's a tool utilized by people who would make it a problem. Yeah. It's, I had uh, actually just got that question about corporations violating the non-aggression principle and property rights and everything. It was like, yeah. And in, in our ideal society that those type of entities won't exist. I can't say they won't. Yeah. I just don't see the incentives lining up that way. Right. Like, you'd have to pay people to be an army to protect you. And history shows standing armies are fucking expensive. Yep. So unless you print the money too, you're probably not doing that. Yeah. And there's only so much, uh, you know, company script that you can you can write. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So that, that stuff all really, really painted a good picture that I enjoyed. Yeah. So moving along, you have most of the episode is focused on this idea that Miller and uh, Johnson had yeah. where they're going to steal a, yeah, they're going to commandeer the, the Mormon getaway ship. <laughs> yeah. And so they decide they're going to come into it, and now they're going to try and get Holden on board, who fucking hates Miller. Yeah, that was, that was his first thing. He was like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, like, get him the fuck out of here. Why is he not murdered or on a ship left? 
Yeah. At which point Miller begins to explain his plan to how they're going to handle getting rid of Eros. Right. Because Eros is too dangerous to be where it is. They're going to shoot it. They're going to take this giant vessel and shoot the fucker into the sun. Yep. And most of the episode, first off, I thought visually this is one of the coolest episodes when it comes to spaceships. Because, like, when they actually break out the Naboo. Yeah. And, like, get that thing traveling. There is, like, some real awesome visuals like that go into that with all like the there was like all the little tug ships when they're pulling it out to actually ship it. Yeah. Yeah, just that whole release sequence of the uh of the trumpeteer on the top was uh Oh yeah. Yeah, that was kind of neat. I mean, it's it's just it's just visually interesting. Well, and, and even more like when and you get to the end of the episode and you see the trumpeteer headed straight for Miller. Yeah. And Miller's <laughs> just sitting there waiting to die going, ah, "It's only fitting." Yep. You know, only fitting. So they're going along with the mission. I, I think I've, I've decided watching through the second time that that kid is definitely my favorite part of the fucking series. Cause he's just, he, just, he's like a, a little bottle of enthusiasm. He wants Miller to be one of them so badly. Well, but he's a kid. The thing is, dude, and this is part of what I like about him is he is a kid who's actually managed to escape death a few times so far in the series. Right. Like his uncle fucking spaced him. Yeah. He's, you know, was caught by a fucking star helix stealing water. He could have been fucking put to death for that and like thrown out of an airlock. Like, so he's a guy that has nothing, nothing but life at this point. Right. And you're watching him and all of his interactions with uh, Miller. Like, and you see Miller as like this, this pensive kind of guy at this point. Cause I don't think he really knows what he's living for. He's got his little missions and stuff, but yeah, he's kind of doing it day by day. You know, this kid is fearless. The the idea of risk doesn't fucking seem to exist to him. Yeah, that's that's a foreign concept. Yeah, like I've defeated death enough times at this point that just fuck it, whatever. Caution to the wind. And there's payoffs in certain ways, and you know, not in others. So I thought it was an interesting lesson in like risk calculation and <laughs> how that goes. It's funny <laughs> that he he's the one that ends up making it off the off of arrows. Yeah. And he's the one that has all, you know, is willing to take on the risk. And then Miller, you know, is kind of playing it safe the entire time is the one that actually ends up getting, uh, you know, has to deal with shit. It'd be like uh, Miller's uh, first spacewalk ever. Exactly. <laughs> where he goes slamming into the side of the station. There's some, fu- there's also the funny moments like where Miller's constantly flagging that kid about like how he doesn't get laid. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, and I never caught it the first time, but the kid looks at this says, yeah, you can be my first Miller. <laughs> so like, he, clearly it's, it's a pretty accurate description because it's, yeah, he describes initially, you know, spacewalk is better than sex. And yeah, I was like, I think you don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's funny, but the whole plan is they're going to go up there. They're going to set off a bunch of bombs and they're going to hit it with the thing. So they're going to shoot it into the shoot, use the Navu to shoot this fucking thing into the sun and then throw a couple bombs off on all the doors when that happens just to make sure just for good measure just to make doubly sure nothing gets out of there but when they're up there they're everything's going fine they manage to get all the bombs placed it's, it's how you know something's not right when everything seems to be working perfect for the most part right it's going a little too well yeah but while they're up there uh, they notice a medical ship or they notice a ship. They find out that it's a medical ship and, uh, you know, they end up talking to the the guy running the ship and he's like, oh, no, 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 we uh, we didn't get into the ship. All the doors were locked. We couldn't make anything work. So, you know, we're just going to, you know, get the hell out of here. And Holden's, they think that they think that the Rossi is a Martian ship. And so they're trying to get away thinking that they're undermining a Martian military operation here. 
Right. But it all kind of fizzles apart because Miller notices that one of the airlocks is breached. And then he sees some, he notices that they have one of their packs on them. Yeah. Or one of their patches. And so he, he apparently met the fucking protomolecule. So now they're concerned that they are all infected. Yeah. And they are just trying to get the fuck away to tell the world the truth. That's the idea. Let's, we got to tell the world the truth because, you know, that's what we have to do. And obviously Holden's like, fuck that. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much just signed their own death warrant there because everyone else knows what, what's about to happen. Well, and Holden is trying to get him to, you know, look, I'm trying to do this receipt. I'm trying to save your life. Please just come in here and let us, let's talk and make sure you're not infected. And then we can do whatever we want to do after that. But we got to, we got we to do this one thing first. And the guy's like, well, if you, if you're like us, then you know what you got to do. And so they put, put Holden into a situation where Holden kills them. Yeah. He's the one that pushes the button himself. Yeah. And this is one of those moments where like, I don't know, where do, where do you think this falls on the nap? These people could potentially be out there fucking killing the entire universe. We don't know. Right. Or changing it to something else. But uh, yeah, I think this is kind of one of those... Uh trolley car situations where you got one person tied down to the tracks, but three people are tied down to another set of tracks and the trolley car can only go one of two ways type of thing. I mean, it's more like you got like three people tied to the tracks and then the entirety of human race tied to the right set of the tracks. <laughs> Was that the switchman's dilemma? I think that that's what the yeah. scenario is called. The trolley caller dilemma. I've heard it called a different couple of things. The trolley question. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And it, and this is one of those moments where like, I don't know that the nap as a moral function here really kind of does the trick because that is such a complicated question. Yeah. I know that if I had to have that question and I pull the trigger, like I know I'm going to carry that guilt with me to my fucking grave. Right. Yeah. And I, but at the same time, you know, then the future of the species goes on. It's just uh, one of those sticky situations you, ne- you never want to find yourself in. No, for sure. So I don't envy Holden in this decision at all. So Holden makes the decision. He blows the fucking ship up and there's a couple moments. There's also a really good Amos moment in there where like Holden says, it feels like we're covering up a crime. Yeah, a little bit. And then Amos is like, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one of those little glimpses into Amos's past that I really like. Yeah, it just gave us a little 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 window into his soul a little bit. You know, a couple little glimpses into Kamina Drummer in the episode. And by glimpses, I mean she's just there saying stuff. And I'm like, ah, Kamina. <laughs> so everything's kind of going off there. They kill this guy and you're like, all right, so that's the final thing. Yeah. But what happens is that final thing that they do there can, rains a whole heap of shrapnel down on fucking Miller. Yep. Which ends up tearing his spacesuit. Yep. Destroying one of his bombs. Well, it doesn't destroy the bomb. It destroys the detonator to the bomb. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And so we're left in a situation where Miller, when he patches a suit, only has 13 minutes of air. He knows goddamn well he's not making it back to the ship. Yeah. Most people don't know how long they got left. He knows he's got about 13 minutes and some change. Well, and on top of that, now he's got a bomb that if he doesn't keep his finger on the button, yeah. it's going to go off in 60 seconds. Yep. And then ruin the whole mission. So Miller kind of, I mean, this is weird. Like he's always vacillating between being just a complete shithead and like being a, uh, being the fucking hero, you know? Yeah. And so he makes the choice. He, he tells, tells the fucking kid, uh, you know, go get on the fucking ship before I change my mind. Right. Cause he decides that he's going to, he's going to stay. He's going yep. to keep his finger on there to make sure that this mission goes through. He's going to, he's going to go see Julie Mal in the next, in the afterlife. Yep. That's the idea. And, and so he's sitting there watching. And like I said earlier in this episode, he's watching the the ship come straight fucking for him. You know, he's watching that trumpet and it's headed directly to his face. Yep. And he's like, my, isn't that fitting? <laughs> and he's watching, he's waiting for death. And then all of a sudden you watch the, you, you see the, the trumpet move. Yeah. And before he knows it, the Naboo has just fucking 
rolling right by him. Yep. So my first thought was, well, maybe the mathematicians or whoever Fred Johnson got to calculate this, maybe they made a mistake, didn't carry over the one or something. Yeah. I mean, it's the first thing you think, yeah. you know, honest mistake. And the first thing I'm thinking of is, man, those uh, those Mormons are going to be happy. They didn't just lose all that fucking money. Yeah, exactly. But that's not what happened at all. No, no. <laughs> and this is in the last moments of it is that they... Miller's like, why the fuck did you guys move? I was ready for death and you, you stopped it. And now I got to deal with whatever existential shit I got to deal with again. Right. And they're like, we didn't do shit. Yeah. You did. That, that fucking rock that you're sitting on somehow managed to move. And last, last I knew, asteroids don't just fucking move. Yeah, because there's no means of propulsion on them. It was supposed to be a station for a mining operation. Exactly. So now one of the tricks that the protomolecule apparently has up its sleeves is being able to animate rock. Yeah. Dun, dun, which is, yeah, which was the big reveal of this episode. It's like, wait, what just happened? You know, there's been no precedent for it yet. Yeah, because as far as we knew, that it just makes you grow crystals out of your mouth if you get infected with it. Well, and we, well but the thing is, we, we have seen the protocol, protomolecule, like the plasma version of it move, you know, like around the reactor and yep. stuff like that. But I mean, how does, once again, still, how does that move an asteroid? Yeah, exactly. So now it, the episode ends with everyone's kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, I, I was curious since I'm bringing it up here. What was your position on like just the entire operation? Like the idea, like with uh, at least for me, and I don't I guess I speak for all ANCAPs, is that the idea of like money is part of someone's life. Yeah. Like they've given up hours of their life in exchange for something. And so they've spent so you're looking at millions and millions of human life hours right. on that fucking ship. And, you know, they're going to be thrown around kind of willy nilly in the same, you know, like not, and this is like not even a trolley car dilemma because you're like, you're definitely stealing lots of people's uh, lives. Yeah. Now, do, what happens if like, you win? Like you just say, hey, thanks Mormons for saving humanity. Is that what they get back? Does Fred Johnson on the hook for all the money? Yeah. Even if you tell them like what it was actually for, because I think even if it was successful, I don't think the Mormons would have ever found out why their station was just rammed into an asteroid. Well, and and hence the thing, like this is, I thought that that, the reason I saved it for last is because I thought that that moment was, was very telling. Yeah. It's such a great example of taxation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is, we're going to steal your money and do something that we think is good. <laughs> like literally steal your property. Yes. And in this case, they literally stole an entire spaceship to shoot it at a fucking asteroid. Which, by the way, they failed at their goal. Yeah. Didn't even work. Yeah. Didn't fucking work. And even if it had worked, is there, was there any guarantee that it was going to end, stop the protomolecule and save lives? No. Because even like Holden said, you know, we all know that there's, this isn't going to stop the, uh, the protomolecule because they still had that sample that they had hid. Yeah. Which is an interesting moment where uh, Miller looks at Naomi and he goes, we'll handle this one that one you got that's on you yeah so like i said it was just it's this idea of commandeering someone's property to do something that may or may not help them it, right the, the point isn't whether or not you like you use the money to do something good the point is that you stole from somebody and that they didn't have say in that operation right it is uh it's it's a big one it is is it make it worthwhile if you save the world what happens if when tomorrow they manage to, uh, like, a, a an ice age hits Earth and the, those people needed that to try and save their lives? And, up oh, too bad. Yeah. We, we, we threw your ship, you know, we threw it into a big sun. So, you know, I guess Oops, you just got to face that ice age. We could have saved some of you for a little while longer. But, yeah. nope, you never get those people a chance to take that gamble. You're, you're, yeah. you're forcing risk on people that don't necessarily want to chew that risk. Yeah, so this one was definitely a uh, things that were unseen gotten forever forever changed very much yeah so ultimately 
this was a really, really good episode, especially a really good sci-fi episode. Yeah, it was, there was, yeah, well-written, well-acted, you know, the cuts weren't too crazy on it. It touched on so many, like, so many different parts of it, because, like, you've got, like, the science there, like, ooh, how did it manage to make an asteroid move? Yeah. But then you've got those little political intrigue moments where you've got fucking, we're dealing with uh, Aaron Wright and Mao. Yeah. Ava Sorella, you know, kind of getting a little bit tired of the poker game that she found herself in. Because even politicians aren't always wanting to play politics, apparently. That's true. <laughs> you know, you've got you've got like some action. I mean, it was just a, it's just a very well constructed episode. There's a yeah. good some good comedy bits in there. Some good like there's those drama moments where Miller is about to die, and you're kind of like because because for all of the faults of Miller, like as a character, like you really like Miller as a character. Yeah. Um, there is one thing I want you to pay attention to, and that's I want you to really pay attention to the fact that we've been seeing Julie Mao and kind of when. Yeah, just kind of pop up at random spots and kind of smile at him. Well, here's the thing. Are they random? Yeah, that's true. It's always about when he's about to do something big. And the reason I want you to think about that is because I think that that's going to be prescient to some other things that happen uh, as, the, as the show goes on. All right. Nikki P dropping hints there. <laughs> well, it's the thing is, is I, I didn't, I never put the two and two together in my first time through the episodes. Yeah. But like now that I'm watching them and I'm paying attention to when she appears. Yeah. It, 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 let's put it this way. It, it's going, I think it's going to be linked to another ability that the proto molecule has. Mm. And you're going to see it through another character that has a similar experience to, uh, to his in the, in the, in the show. Okay. Then bigly of true kind of, kind of pay attention to that. <laughs> All I said, man, it, it was, it's just a really good episode. Yep. What are the, what do we got for technicals on this one? All right. So this one was uh, season two, episode four. It was titled Godspeed, which was uh, what Fred Johnson said when Miller and crew took off with the uh, with the Nauvoo. Again, directed by Jeff Wolno, uh, written by Dan Nowak. Came out the day after Valentine's Day, February 15th, 2017. Had a 0.534 rating, which I think was about the same as the last. Nope, slightly down from the last one. Last one was 0.587. So I can't wait till you tell me how much they had in that third season. Yeah. So the uh just a reminder, folks, this was a canceled TV show. Canceled TV show. Yep. And I think what we're about uh yeah, not even halfway through it yet. Because the second season had uh more episodes than the first. So I guess there's a question. Like, I mean, dude, there are far worse sci-fi shows that have been out there. Like Yeah. And this is the one that gets canceled. Like that's super weird to me. Like yeah. literally. When Star Trek Discovery gets seasons and this fucking thing got canceled. I mean, there was a show called Blood Drive. Um Oh good God. <laughs> There was another sci-fi show called Z Nation, which everyone seems to like. I don't get why, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, this managed... Lots of junky sci-fi out there. I, the, the best thing that ever happened to this, though, was that it got canceled because I, they're pretty sure they have a better budget over at fucking Netflix or Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Bezos uh, definitely put some muscle and some uh, cash behind it this time. So, Dude, it's, uh, it, it's, it's those fucking... Those Twitter, uh, Twitter campaigns and shit. Like, uh, very rarely do I get behind a Twitter campaign, but, you know... <laughs> Save the expanse like that one did did something good. Yep, uh, got some results. So can't argue with that. <laughs> and it may just be because I, I honestly think it's just that Jeff has a certain type of film he likes. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> if you look at like some of the biggest shows on there, like they're almost all really big sci-fi shows. Yeah, the boys. Uh, they got this new one called the Yeah, the Man in the High Castle. The the upload, I guess, which is more of like a comedy series. But uh, yeah, that could be something else. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, the boys—that's that's a that's a fantastic show. We might have to talk about that one. Oh man, I cannot cannot wait till season two of that bitch. <laughs> 
That first season was crazy. That that, that show is very interesting because I, I sat and watched like the first couple of episodes and I'm like, oh. How, how far, how deep have you gotten into it? Just those first two episodes. I watched those this morning. So. Dude, you haven't, you haven't seen shit yet. <laughs> like that one, my, my brain melted at the end of the season. Yeah. Like that first season. Just, well, it's got my man crush, uh, Carl Urban in there. That's so. every, every dude's man crush. <laughs> he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, no, he's great. Uh, dude, and he's got some. He's got just some moments in there, like where you're just like, Whoa. oh yeah. Even in that uh, first episode, I mean, he's chewing up scenery all over the place. So. <laughs> Literally, I mean, dude, like the fact that they like electrocute that fucking dude. Yeah, what? We'll we'll have to save it. Uh, dude, I, I think it's episode four. I can't wait for you to get to. Yeah, that's a uh, it's it's on my list of regularly watched stuff now. So I think my favorite part of that show is the deep because he's he's such a such a, a flawed character. And uh, man, there's some really, really funny deep scenes. Like they're, they're meant, like they're funny, but like they're also like, oh uh, man, I just, I think he gets what he deserves for what he does in the beginning of the series. We'll just say that. <laughs> I can't wait to watch the rest of it now then. Oh dude. <laughs> what's, what's crazy is Parker Posey, man. Parker Posey in that show. Yeah. That's the, uh, the one actress I want to play, uh, Marianne Williamson. If they ever make a movie about her. She would probably do a really good Mary. It's basically who she played when she was on psych. Right. <laughs> exactly. That, w- that would be her only direction from the director. It was like, okay, and that character from psych, go. Oh, the character from psych, only you've got lots of money now. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess anything else to touch base on for this episode? The technicals and all that? No, I think we uh, covered everything. So we're going to be looking forward to uh, season five next week. You mean season five? It's not out yet. Right, not though. season five, episode five. Blah, blah, blah. Season five is going to be fucking crazy when it comes out, though. I'm going to tell you that much right now. <laughs> yep, still chugging along. So I, I'm just now remembering how season four ends. And uh, got a lot of so, stuff to go to. <laughs> we've got a few episodes before there. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> I, 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 the way I said, we, we actually start approaching the one year mark of doing the show once we hit season four. Yeah. Or once we get to season five, because it's well, essentially 40 episodes. So it's. Yeah. Getting towards it. Getting pretty close. We get a lot of good response from it too. So I said it's a good fucking TV show. I guess that's so that I guess that's the key to good podcasting is talking about shit that other people give a fuck about. Right. So, right. you know, not <laughs> politics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good old politics. All right, folks. This has been episode number fourteen of Anarchy in Space. Yes. We will see you again next week. Ouch. <laughs>